welcome to the Two World Podcast, where you can hear thoughts and reflections on unique intersections between faith and culture. Tune in regularly for this foray into feelings of surprise and interconnectedness and aha moments in life when two worlds come together. Now join your hosts, Barney and Jacob, for this most recent episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Two World Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jacob, and I have with me today my other co-host, who is... I am Barney. And Barney and I will be talking about something that is very near and dear to my heart, a trip that I was able to take with my wife, Katie, for our 20th anniversary to Scotland. We were in Edinburgh, and we also went to St. Andrews. And so today, Barney has graciously... Um, open up the space for us to explore some of these photos that I took while I was there and to share some of the stories. And since travel and international culture and hospitality are main themes for our podcast, we thought, oh, this could be a nice topic to explore for today. So um, just to kind of get us started, uh, Barney, do you have any initial questions as we launch out into this topic of the trip to Scotland? Uh, yeah, I do. Um so I know that you mentioned that um, when you were working on the project that um, kind of was the springboard for initiating this trip to Scotland that you, I think you mentioned that your, um, that Dr. Amos Young, who you worked with in your PhD program said that he felt that you could kind of just rework uh, a bit of your dissertation um, and apply it to the article that you were writing and I remember a time when you and I were um, in in Japan and at a Thai restaurant, and you happened to to mention that part of your dissertation was about um, the prophet Balaam. And so I'm curious, how was it that you took that topic, and what was it about that topic that um, fit into the entry that you were writing for this um, kind of online encyclopedia of of theology? Um, so I, I was curious how, how that worked. Okay, that is a great question. So um, the whole reason that we really began thinking about Scotland as a destination is because the European Academy of Religion was meeting there at St. Andrews University there. And um, the encyclopedia uh, that I had uh, submitted this article to and that was accepted was the, the St. Andrews Encyclopedia of Theology. And that encyclopedia was one of the co-sponsors of the conference. And so what they did is they decided to invite all of the um, authors who had submitted the initial articles for their encyclopedia. It's an online resource that is free to the public, but it's peer reviewed. So it, they were trying to create a high quality resource that would be accessible to people. And so um, they wanted to celebrate that work, how much of it has already been completed by showcasing it at this conference. So they invited us authors to come and any of us who wanted to present on our work could, or you could attend panel discussions about the encyclopedia as part of that conversation. So um, when the invitation came by email to me, you know, in that invitation, they say, oh, you know, we'll pay for your registration fee. Um, we can cover some costs of your trip and like the meals and some lodging mm -hmm. if you're interested. And so I showed it to Katie and she was so excited because we have talked about going abroad together as a couple but we haven't ever done it yet. And as a student, she wanted to study abroad in Scotland and was actually planning to do that in Aberdeen. 
but her plane was going to leave on September 12th, 2001. Mm. And after September 11th happened, uh, her mom wasn't comfortable or her family in general, they weren't comfortable with her going on this study abroad trip. Mm. So she didn't end up doing that. So here we are this many years later, and it seems like, oh, this could be a perfect opportunity for her to get to Scotland, for me to have this academic experience, enriching experience at the conference and to celebrate our 20th anniversary. So with all three of those combined, we kind of mentioned it to the church, like we're thinking of doing this and people were very mm-hmm. supportive mm-hmm. and um, really helped, helped support us on the trip uh, financially even to go. So mm-hmm. by, by being supportive in that way as well. So it became a reality and we were so excited. So anyway, all of this goes back to your question. That was a very long roundabout answer <laughs> to get your question. Um, it all started with an email from my former doctoral advisor saying, Jacob, the St. Andrews Encyclopedia of Theology is looking for an article on the, um, basically um, what they call charismatic gifts or spiritual mm-hmm. gifts. And in my dissertation, I had done a survey one of the chapters was a historical survey of the theology of charismatic gifts from the biblical literature all the way through um, to the modern period. So I had looked at what you would call patristic theology, which was like the early Christian authors. I had looked at uh, medieval theologians and the Catholic and the Eastern Orthodox traditions. And that's where Balaam um, was addressed in the study. Um, And I'll come back to that in a second. Um, uh, I looked at the reformation period then I looked at um, early English and American um, theologians like John Wesley and um, what was happening in America with the Pentecostal movement and William Seymour and the Azusa Street Revival, um, all the way up into the modern period and trends in a modern Protestant, Catholic, Eastern Orthodox theology, ecumenical theology, global theology. And um, so in doing that broad survey, I was in a good place to write this article. Yeah. And, um, and it was really an, a journey because here I was. Um, working with my dissertation advisor again, he was um, working as more of an editor in the project. He wasn't going to be writing, but he would take what I submitted to him and he would give some suggestions about like mm. um, the placement of, of this or that part. And he really helped me rework some of the structure of where I put things in a, in a really intentional way that made it flow even better and had some really good suggestions for new additional authors to include. And that was immensely important because I finished my dissertation in 2010. And so in the past 13 years, you know, more literature is coming out on that. So he was able to help me know where to look for that. So anyway, um, Mm -hmm. it was a wonderful experience to revisit that. And I didn't know that I was going to have that opportunity, but I was so delighted that I, I did. And to be able to do that with him was a real treat. And so, um, as I put it together, I submitted it to St. Andrews and, um, they, they were pleased and they came back with a few other suggestions, which were really helpful. And so we kept working. Mm-hmm. Uh, we refined it from the peer review process. And then I had an editor who was also working with getting the, the, like the style and the formatting and the grammar oh, yeah. all just tightened up because with it being published in, um, in Scotland, you know, there's some slightly different conventions related mm-hmm. to spelling or citations. Um, so we got all that tightened up and then it was published online. So you can access it easily today just by going to, St. Andrew's Encyclopedia of Theology online, look up the article on charismatic gifts and boom, there, <laughs> there you'll find the one nice. that I had submitted. So it it has uh, me listed for the article. And then it says with Amos Young, who is my advisor, because he mm-hmm. helped do that editing oh, yeah. work, which is so good. But oh, anyway, yeah. your, quest, your question about Balaam, that comes from a very specific part of my study. Um, when I was looking at 
St. Thomas Aquinas in his Summa Theologia, um, he has a treatment of what he calls gratuitous graces. Um, and so what he means by that are um, like, there's certain types of grace that we think of as essential to salvation, which in his scheme was um, uh, sanctifying grace. It, it, that is in his sense, um, that, would change, that which changes and transforms us and makes us, um, helps us to become more like Jesus and how we live and, and, um, have a transformed view of the world. Um, but then there's another type of grace that he talks about called gratuitous grace, which is God's action or activity working through people in a way that something is accomplished, but it doesn't necessarily result in their personal transformation. And so the example of Balaam was cited right. because in, in the old Testament, Balaam was this, um, foreign, prophet, I guess you would say, or a foreign mm -hmm. figure um, who goes to actually curse the nation of Israel. Um, but God actually, through using Thomas's language, mm -hmm. his gratuitous grace um, at work in Balaam actually makes him end up blessing the nation mm -hmm. of Israel. The words that come out of his mouth are actually a blessing. And so that part of the Summa Theologia was saying when we think about the theology of spiritual gifts, if you apply that same logic, then maybe there's certain types of gifts in the church that we would expect would lead more towards personal transformation and growth. And then maybe there's certain ones in the church that maybe lead towards edification of the community, but don't necessarily transform the individual. And uh -huh. then he gave that example uh -huh. of Balaam. So, you know, that actually, I mean, I know I'm going on and on about this, but <laughs> yeah. that actually is a, a little bit of a controversial take today because mm -hmm. um, in more contemporary theology, um, I think it there's a desire to not separate sanctifying and gratuitous mm -hmm. grace, but to say like there's great potential, even if a person doesn't realize it at the time when God mm -hmm. is at work and they're doing something that it can lead to their transformation to not, not to, do such a hard and fast distinction between those two. But, mm -hmm. but um, at the time it was very interesting and it still is an interesting interpretation of that old Testament story. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So thank you for giving me a chance to talk about the <laughs> academic part of the trip. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. if you want, I can show you some pictures of mm -hmm. the conference. Oh, right. So what you see before you now are pictures of the remains of the cathedral in St. Andrews. And it was really uh, special to see these. This is the very first part of the town that we saw after we arrived. We put our things in our, our room where we were staying. And then we went out for a walk and we came by these ruins that are by the coastline there. And it was just so fascinating because a huge part of our trip in Scotland involved the historic older buildings and churches and other structures. And, um, to see this, this one was very unique and, um, right beyond the cathedral, we continued along and saw a beautiful coastline. And it was so fascinating to have been able to walk by this ancient building and then see this natural beauty stretching before us. Yeah. I, I can't believe that, um, you had such nice weather because usually when you think of Scotland, you think of, you know, rain and strong winds and really gray skies, but look how beautiful and blue it is, especially in, um, 
like not in contrast, but um, in cooperation with the sea there, it's just amazing. I agree. We were really fortunate and we had a number of people tell us, you know, the weather here in Scotland is typically overcast and rainy. So this is not your usual weather, but we were pleased with that all the same. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, <laughs> and uh, this area where we're um, walking was interesting because um, just behind us are the remains of this old castle and mm. I'll click on it here. So you get a bigger view and um it was kind of neat to see the natural beauty of the beach and right beside it is this historic building. And yeah. um, if I had to summarize in one sentence what it was like to go to Scotland, it could be captured um, in these images and with the words natural beauty and deep history, uh, yeah. just seeing the amazing coastline and the beautiful flowers and beaches and then also these old historic buildings. Um, in this picture here, you see the remains of um, the cathedral from another angle. Mm -hmm. And it's so interesting because we had read that a number of the stones from the cathedral, when it was destroyed, were used later to build things, other things in the city, like here at the St. Andrew's Harbor, some of oh. the stones were used uh, in the building of this. And so oh. they weren't lost. Yeah. But um, I had mentioned to you earlier when we had, we had some problems with um, the sharing of the pictures of my mouse. So Barney mm -hmm. and I had to take a break, but I had mentioned to him <laughs> earlier that the cathedral was a really important part of um, St. Andrews and its economy hundreds of years ago, because St. Andrews was the main city, capital city of this kingdom of Fife mm -hmm. and uh, pilgrims would come to the city to see the cathedral. And during the reformation, there was a lot of, controversy about um, if Protestant reformers should speak in the cathedral and one mm -hmm. eventually did. And then it caused such a stir and an upset that the cathedral was destroyed in the wake of that. And it really impacted the local economy. Essentially the local economy collapsed because they mm -hmm. didn't have the pilgrims coming anymore. And it wasn't until years later when golf reemerged um, right. actually was born there. That that local economy then was revitalized. And so, oh, um, so that was an interesting tidbit of history that we learned. And um, as we go through the town, um, we saw a lot of streets that were quite long like this. And th this is Market Street. And it was so nice to be able to walk down and explore alleyways. And um, there were really three main streets that we walked on almost our whole time when we were there. And we got to become familiar and and learn to love the area. And then I had mentioned earlier that I was there for this European Academy of Religion conference. Mm -hmm. And it, a lot of it took place here at St. Salvador's, which is part of St. Andrew's university. And oh, wow. there are a lot of lecture rooms here in these buildings at St. Salvador's. And you see there in front of us um, is an art display that was put up. Yeah. Um, and it was of, of burnt branches. And we're like, mm. oh, like, what is that symbolic of? And we read a little bit about it. And it was yeah. the artist's way of trying to talk about like expectations and potential. And um, I can't quite articulate it, um, but it was just meant to be something to, to would, would cause you to, to stop for a minute and think as you were entering mm. that public space. It was really interesting. And um, Katie actually sat out in this courtyard um, while I went in for the panel. Oh, right. And mm -hmm. you can see there's um, some beautiful 
um, gardens with flowers there in the background. And, um, and we, oh, here's the charred branch explanation. Mm. Yes, artists hope the abstract nature of the piece will allow for open interpretation while evoking symbolically rich possibilities with which members of the various belief systems represented at the conference may find resonance. Oh. So it's interesting. It was special for the conference. Yes. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so we really enjoyed um, that time. And then Katie sat here and read her um, counseling book that she brought mm-hmm. with her because she's in this counseling program with the university of Akron. And so we both had a time of learning Yes, and yes. that was very nice. And then we reconnected afterwards. Um, when I was at the conference, when I went into the tent, they had a booth for the encyclopedia oh, wow. and they had the various articles printed out. And so I found the one that I had written with my doctoral advisor, Amy Shang. So I, here's me holding it. Um, oh, wow. The one on charismatic gifts. So it was nice. They actually gave that to me at the end and oh. I was able to mail it to Amos Young because um, since he wasn't able to go to the conference, oh. so he yeah. got to have oh, a little that's wonderful. Uh, memento mm-hmm. from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what the cover looked like too, a little bit closer, but yeah, it was just really neat to be there. And, and this is the lecture room there at St. Salvador's where our section met to talk about the encyclopedia and mm-hmm. what it means to make an encyclopedia for such a broad audience, um, right. realizing it's really an ecumenical endeavor. Um, so Christians from all different backgrounds, um, submitting articles and, um, trying to speak to this l- larger academic conversation around theology. So, yeah. um, right. uh, there is a beautiful cathedral there at St. Salvador's and, um, I'll just show you a few pictures from it. Um, and it, it's interesting because on each side of the cathedral, there are these wooden pews and right. they're facing each other. And yeah. it's, and it's kind of a, f- a format that we don't have as frequently, I would say in the U S but um, it's interesting. So um, I was really struck by the variety in the stained glass windows. And um, this part of the cathedral has a very ancient portion that um, this dates back to when it was first made and a lot of these other things that I showed you before were later additions, but um, mm-hmm. this is the oldest part. And it was unfortunately damaged when they were replacing the roof at one point. That's why you see part mm. of the stone is, is uh-huh. um, kind of um, crumbling away there because mm. part of the roof fell on it. But um, but um, they had this most beautiful altar and I thought it was so interesting. And I so I took pictures of it. Let me see if I, nope, I went past it. I was going to try to zoom in, see if I can get any closer. It's um, just of the Last Supper, and I really, I really oh. like the art style, and I also really liked this mosaic next to it about Jesus with the travelers um, oh, from the road right? to Emmaus when they stop at the yes. evening to have um, a meal together, and then they they recognize Jesus when he breaks the bread huh. and gives it to them. So I thought that was kind of special. So anyway, like as I said earlier, um, a big part of Scotland was. Um, history and this deep, rich history. And so when I went for this conference, uh, we experienced that. And then we also were able to experience that natural beauty. So I want to stop mm-hmm. there because I've just thrown a lot at you and ask <laughs> you, you know, uh, do you have any other thoughts or questions? Yeah. Since, um, since at the beginning of your introduction today, we were kind of, um, 
bringing up the idea of some of the main themes of, of our podcast. And I think that you um, inadvertently touched on hospitality a little bit in um, receiving that um, that print copy of your article and um, you mentioning that people kind of freely spoke with you about, um, you know, the weather, how it's nice that you're there, how things are, you know, um, isn't it nice that things are a little bit unusual weather-wise for, for your sake in a way. Um, what, what were some of the other experiences of hospitality that you um, ran into either um, at this stop here in St. Andrews or, or at one of the, or at the other places that you visited? Yeah, that's a great that's a great question. Um, well, uh, we had a lot of really um, gracious hosts in terms of the places where we ate. Um, mm. So the way we were greeted and um, welcomed, and just people made us feel at home. And um, there were a couple of meals that stood out where, like, our server was really kind, and mm. just the way that they took care of us during the meal felt hospitable. And so maybe I could highlight a couple of those oh, real yeah. quickly. Um, one of our favorite meals, and we did really feel like welcomed in this restaurant was an, an Indian Scottish restaurant. And um, it was uh, just a delight to, to see the mixture of, of the um, Indian sauces and styles of cooking with like things that were local there. So this here actually is um, a curry salmon dish Ooh. in front of us and you see you have non bread with mm. it and um rice and then this is a tiki marsala sauce with prawns oh boy and, um it was a very delicious meal and uh the people who ran the restaurant were just so friendly and and kind and made us feel um feel like welcome guests and so oh, yeah. that was very special and um then i would also say that the places we stayed um our hosts, uh, we both times went through like an Airbnb type mm -hmm. of uh, accommodation. And so yeah. when we were in St. Andrews, it was, um, I would say like a maybe five room uh, apartment right off mm -hmm. of the street. And the, the, um, the hosts who owned it actually was very... Um, present. Anytime we had a question, we could reach out to her. And then at the very end, we met her the final day oh. by chance, because she happened to stop by before we had left. And so we were able to talk a little bit and she was just um, very nice and welcoming. And then uh, so was the host when we went to Edinburgh and mm. he, he was really, I think, um, used to having a lot of guests. He probably even right. had more guests than she did. And, um, and he would act And his situation was, they, a guest could rent out one room of his apartment. And so you would share like the restroom and the kitchen area with him. And so that gave a lot of opportunities mm. for a conversation mm -hmm. if, if you wanted that. And so he was very present and welcoming. So that was very nice. Um, so the hosts there in our accommodations were, were friendly. And then um, related to the conference, mm -hmm. there were some really interesting moments of hospitality Interestingly enough, by fellow travelers, <laughs> when we first uh -huh. got there, we were trying to figure out how to um, select the right bus to get us to St. Andrews from the mm -hmm. airport. And so we saw another person who was near a bus that we thought was the right one. And we asked him and then he said, oh, yes, you know, this one 
goes to St. Andrews. And then we got to talking and it ends up, he was coming from the Czech Republic to this conference. Um, <laughs> and then there was like a cohort of people on the bus who were also going to this conference. So we all stood oh, together yeah. and talked um, and then helped each other out. We're like, cause at one yeah. point we got to another bus stop and this one bus was coming and we're like, Oh no, that's not the one. Some of the people were about to get on. We're like, it's the later one. <laughs> and then when we got on the bus at one point, uh, somebody else was going to step off of it. And we're like, no, no, it, you're going to St. Andrews. <laughs> we got to stay. So yeah. then we kind of learned to stick together and we all made it. And we were like, you know, so happy. To- yeah, <laughs> so, um, so that was really nice. And then at the conference itself, the hosting institution, St. Andrews university, and then the encyclopedia, um, those folks would, were there to help mm-hmm. us get to where we needed to go. So I had a question one day, my, um, digital schedule wasn't loading on my phone. So yeah. I was able to go and like, they helped me figure that out and get you your name badge and sh- help you find the room you need to go to. And I was able to meet the main editor of the encyclopedia who I had um, right. emailed with quite a mm-hmm. bit, but then I could meet him in person and he was so nice and friendly. And um, I ended up sitting by somebody in one of the panel discussions who knew Dr. Young. Um, they, they had, oh, wow. friends, and he, he was a researcher at Asbury in Kentucky. And, um, he liked to study, um, world Christianity or global Christianity. And so we had a nice conversation. So just meeting certain people at the St. Andrew's booth. Um, when I got to see the booklet of the article, the person who was there was also working on an article. And so we got to talk a little bit about that. And, um, that was just so fascinating and he was very welcoming. He's a faculty member there at St. Andrew's. So a lot of people made us feel, um, included and, um, grateful to be there, including we, we actually, sorry, I'm giving a long answer, mm-hmm. but one final one, even our, ca- the cab drivers that we had were really oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. They talked about the area and answered questions and wanted to know where we were from. And so, mm-hmm. so that was, that was sweet. So there were lots of people along the way that mm-hmm. made us feel like welcome guests. So, yeah. It's, it's funny how sometimes you feel that, um, like when you're not sure about getting around or whatnot, that it sometimes feels like it. it's actually easier to pick, to talk with someone who maybe you think is not a local and get mm-hmm. advice from them. Isn't than that it is true? To, yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we were in Edinburgh, uh, there was um, a particular cathedral that we went into and, and I can show you pictures of it later if you like, but um, mm-hmm. uh there was like a, maybe a church historian there who was kind of connected with the local church and would greet tourists as they mm-hmm. went through. And he was such a character. He, <laughs> he was like, Oh, you're from, a, from the United States. And we're like, yes. And he's like, can you understand the words I'm saying? And can you understand oh, yeah. my English? And they're like, yeah, we can understand it. And then he's, he's like, where are you from? And we said, Ohio. He said, Oh, Ohio. I don't, I'm not sure I know Ohio. And we said, well, it's right beside Pennsylvania. And he said, Oh, I know Pennsylvania. Well, there we go. Yeah. He said, I've been to Gettysburg before. So oh, wow. Of all places. Wow. Really? Wow. <laughs> so, but um, he oh, was man. another hospitable person. So uh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um, but um. You know, it's, it's interesting because I, um, I know as you go someplace, you want to, uh, enjoy the local experience, but you don't want to be mm-hmm. like a burden, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. cause tourists are sometimes seen as burdensome. And, mm-hmm. um, I think in Edinburgh, it, things were so relaxed. Um, I didn't, didn't ever feel like I was being burdensome, but it, 
Oh, Wait, yeah. I, I, I got that mixed up. Excuse me. In St. Andrews, uh, things were so oh, yeah. relaxed. I didn't feel burdensome. But in Edinburgh, there are just so many more tourists. Sometimes mm-hmm. you have to be like, okay, what, you know, like, I just want to have a good example, like as a tourist and not, you know, cause right. any consternation. As I'm trying to navigate <laughs> these really busy streets and shops. Uh, like there's a lot of, um, in Edinburgh, there are a lot of things around the Harry Potter uh, oh. Harry Potter themed things around the Royal Mile because J.K. Rowling had gotten her inspiration for Hogwarts and a number of other things in the books from that mm-hmm. area um, near Greyfriars, um, this um, church area, and there were there cafes. And so we went to that area, and there are a lot of you know Harry Potter fans going around. Yeah. And in one place, you can even see J.K. Rowling's uh, handprints um, in the in the sidewalk. And so I can show you that later too, um, but. <laughs> Let me see. I'll try to, I'll try to skip ahead to some of these things. Um, mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, just when I'm going in places, trying not to be too rushed and, and um, be patient. And mm-hmm. I ran into another person who was visiting. He was from England and he said, where are you from? And I said, I'm from the United States. And we were looking out from this um, high point in the city where Edinburgh, Edinburgh castle is. And mm-hmm. just looking out over the city and, and we're, we're both just like, wow. And he said, it's so beautiful, isn't it? And I said, it really is. And, and he said something like to the effect, you know, wherever you're from, you can always go somewhere else and, and discover something new that oh, yeah. really delights you. And, and I was like, that's so true. And it was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Two tourists connecting over the common experience of visiting <laughs> yeah. you know, this, oh, yes. this other place. And um, yeah. yeah, so I'm, try- I'm trying to scroll ahead to show you some of those moments your your first stop on the trip was in st andrews or was it edinburgh really i mean we flew into st andrews airport and then but we really just drove on a bus or rode on a bus to st andrews so um Uh it took us a couple hours by bus but then once we got there Mm -hmm. we were located in st andrews for the majority of the time um, oh, yeah. We did do a day trip to this small town called Crail, which is mm-hmm. known for its pottery. And I have a few objects here that we we bought when we were there. Ooh, um, wow. Beautiful bowls. We got a yeah. set of these um, for every person in our family to enjoy. Oh, yeah. And, um, oh, wow. The, the rich an episode and about coffee. We got these yes. little coffee mugs, you know, and we were able to get some other items for other friends and family. But um, Crail uh, has a really beautiful cliff walk just along the shoreline there. And I was hoping maybe if you don't mind, I could show you a few pictures oh, yeah. of that. Oh, for sure. So um, let me share my screen again. And um, basically when we first, when we first arrived there, uh, can you see it now? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Um, we walked along and it's similar t- to some extent to what we saw along the shoreline right. there at St. Andrews, but um, it has some really other unique features. And we were just so struck by the natural beauty there. Yeah. And um, we're able to sit at a bench and whoever had dedicated that bench, they dedicated it to granny, which was really sweet. Oh. Always there for her family and friends, sit down oh, and have wow. a chat. Yeah. Oh, that's so <laughs> nice. Oh, wow. That was kind of sweet. Mm. Um, but um yeah, as we as we went along, it was like one of those moments that um, that part of the trip felt like a 
a real uh, gift for the 20th anniversary mm. aspect of the trip, like uh, for Katie to me to yeah. have an adventure and to reflect on our marriage and to be grateful for the years and things we've been able to do just like that moment, what we were doing together then. Mm. And it reminded us of a cliff walk that we went on during our honeymoon in uh, Rhode Island. We went in this mm. cliff walk in Newport, Rhode Island. Um, I would say this one was more magnificent than the one we did in Newport, <laughs> but it had the new one in Newport was also very amazing and um, mm. memorable. So we were able to kind of compare that. So you're just, as I'm scrolling through these pictures quickly, you're just getting to see a lot of the vegetation and the homes and the, um, the path that went there by the cliff walk. And then um, as we walked further inland, we came to this place where they sold the pottery um, that I was wow. just talking about. And then you can yeah. see there a variety of, of the items that they made on display there. And so they even had some explanations about the artists and the process. And um, so anytime you go somewhere and they are known for something as a, a specialty, oh, yeah. a, an art or a craft or something, it's really nice to go and uh, admire that. And, um, and then we were able to walk along further in the town and we were really amazed to see um, some of the homes had stained glass windows that were um, themes of different things. Um, and, like this one, it has fish swimming. Wow. Um, and then um, we found another one that had boats out on yes. the water. Wow. So the kind of nautical theme, yeah. um, glass windows, which is really neat. And then this one we really liked. In um, Scotland, they have a gray herring. It's similar mm. to our blue herring, but mm. it's um, gray in color, but the mm -hmm. similar size. And so it was wow. kind of neat to see that stained glass window of a gray herring. We saw a number of gray herrings and uh, that was quite impressive. And then we ate at this really nice um, place for lunch with the beehive there. <laughs> got this uh, wonderful salmon um, uh, with the salad and yeah, then a so pistachio nice. cheesecake. <laughs> <laughs> so, oh, wow. So we had a really good time there. So. Um, and one of the neatest things too, I, I don't know if you see this, a number of the homes had um, vegetation growing from them, including flowers mm -hmm. and, and walls. And, oh, wow. homes. and so it's nice to, to see that um, we don't have that as frequently because maybe because many of our homes don't, aren't made of ancient stone, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. Given yeah, enough of a chance so. for yeah. things to take root in them. But, um, but <laughs> anyway, it was kind of neat, but we went along and we found this spot to sit down by that their harbor there in Crail. And we talked mm. about, you know, the past 20 years of our marriage and what we might dream of could happen in the next 20 years. If we have, you know, 20 more years or however much longer. And yeah. um, it was a really special moment to sit there mm. and talk about that. So, yeah. Um, so that was another destination. And I know I spent a lot of time with that one. Um, but uh, it was, it, it left a big, impact on us that time in Crail. And then the final part of our trip was spent in Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I might, yeah, um, just say that, like seeing the, the place that had inspired J.K. Rowling and um, also seeing Edinburgh, Edinburgh Castle was, was pretty neat too. To Although we, we, we thought it would be a little bit different than it ended up being, we thought it would be um, more ancient looking on the in interior, mm. but evidently mm. since it's used by the Royal family for certain events, it's more modernized oh. than we would think. And oh, so wow. It actually looked more like something from the 
the eighties. So, so we're like, this is not what we were thinking, you know, but, uh, uh oh, anyway. no kidding. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So it's interesting. We, we started with, um, you know, you had the three kind of the three purposes of, of this trip or the three reasons why this trip made so much sense for the academic aspect at the beginning. And then just now a little snapshot of celebrating your 20th, uh, like a, a, a dedicated part of the trip for celebrating the 20th anniversary of your, of your marriage. But of course, I'm sure that was sprinkled all throughout. Um, how about, um, from uh, Katie's perspective, um, you know, this was also something that she had hoped that she had been able to do. Did what were some of the highlights um, that she mentioned from, and and how did she? Was this her first um, trip overseas? And how, how were some of the things that she responded to? Some of the things that like really spoke to her during the trip, or or the process of of traveling overseas in general. Yeah, I think she did a really good job with um, being flexible and just ad adapting to situations as they arose. Like our flight was canceled on the way there. So oh, we, had yeah. to, we had an extra day in DC and um, we actually ended up going to a, the botanical garden in DC, which was really mm -hmm. nice. And we made the best of it. And then yeah. coming back, our flight was canceled, um, <laughs> and, but it wasn't so long of a delay. It was mm -hmm. just, we ended up getting home at at night instead of in the afternoon. So, um, so, but she was very flexible through all that. And I think, um, kind of, it was a good experience for her to say, Oh, look, I can travel abroad and, um, kind of, uh, adapt as things emerge and yeah. still enjoy myself. And, um, it's her, yeah, her first major trip abroad. It helped mm -hmm. that we were in an English speaking country because that oh, was yeah. one last thing that, um, needed to be navigated. But, um, I think she really enjoyed the vegetation and the flowers. And so I wanted to share just a couple of pictures of her with mm -hmm. the flowers there um, around um, St. Andrews that just, there were so many um, magnificent planning some homes that really showcase um, gardens. Like some of the gardens mm -hmm. you could passerbys were allowed to walk through and it wow. was kind of made clear, like with the signs that yeah. you're free to enjoy the garden. Wow. And so this is, um, an example of one of the ones that we went into. And so Katie just loved seeing the different mm -hmm. types of flowers that were there that mm -hmm. um, we wouldn't typically see at home and, yeah. and um, just some amazing vegetation. And this garden was by a Catholic church there um, just along the shore walk, St. James church. And so, um, but we saw all types of of, of flowers and vegetation. And she cares a lot about flowers in general. She's a gardener mm -hmm. here at home. Mm -hmm. And so that mm -hmm. was a highlight for her. And I think um, also um, she's a Harry Potter fan. So going to Edinburgh yeah. and seeing uh, yeah. some of those sites um, that was neat. Um, I think she really enjoyed, she enjoyed the remains of the cathedral and the castle we saw in Edinburgh. She, or pardon me, in St. Andrews. Right. But um, when we went to Edinburgh Castle, I think she was a little bit disappointed. I mean, we liked the outside mm -hmm. and it was mm -hmm. nice going around it, but um, I think it was just different on the inside than we thought. But um, but she I still know. enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, I think the food was really. Uh, the, she, there were several meals that really um, just blew us away. Um, oh. the walks I, she loved the, we, we take walks every day. And, mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. one of our walks was along a beach that 
is known from a movie. I don't know if you are familiar with the movie Chariots of Fire. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, at the very beginning, yeah. in Chariots of Fire, they're running along a beach. And it's a beach at St. Andrews there by the old Whoa. golf course. And so this is the wow. beach that they run oh, along. Wow. And wow. so we, I'm showing a picture of it right now. And we were able to walk along that beach together. And we didn't do the oh boy <laughs> i know <laughs> but anyway so we really enjoyed that um the walks the number of special walks so um yeah i hope that gets to your question i feel like the fact that i was going and spending part of the time at the conference it right. wasn't like a burden for katie because um, she was able to take things that she wanted to read and mm-hmm. enjoyed that time in a beautiful place mm-hmm. when we did that. And then we just had a lot of time together to walk and to enjoy delicious food and yeah. to explore. So, yeah. yeah, that, that must've been nice in in a way for her that, that she knew that you had something that like you, you in, intentionally needed to do and needed to be at and, and it gave her that that free time to have some time for herself and to look at things that she wanted to look at and just explore a little bit and not feel like um like she had a schedule she had that nice free time for her that um she could really just do whatever she wanted that's one of the it's you don't always necessarily get to have that um type of a blessing when you're when you're on a trip um of any time it's when you're with another person and um it's it's fun because you don't necessarily, it's rare on, on the other hand, it's rare that you intentionally, many of us intentionally plan trips on our own where we would Mm. only have that time. And then, so to have this kind of best of both worlds um, must've been very nice for, um, for her in that way, I think. Oh, I think you're right. And um, another huge thing that I haven't mentioned yet is that um, our children we're here back in Ohio when we mm-hmm. were gone, our oldest son, Micah, um, and our uh, middle child, Aubrey, were so responsible. They watched our youngest, Hannah, while we were gone in Scotland. And it was amazing. We would call and check in a couple times a day and they would say how they were doing. Um, we made sure they had people from the local community giving them meals and checking in them oh, yeah, while nice. we were away. But um, they did a fantastic job. And what that enabled us to do was to go and have a lot more free time and space just for us as a couple. Oh yeah. And so, like you said, Katie knew I had certain things that gave her space. And then when I was with her too, we actually had extra space because there wasn't a need to try to figure out, Oh, what are the meals that we have to have planned for the kids mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. in this time? And it mm-hmm. gave us a lot more freedom when we would go for walks, where we would go and how long we'd spend there. Yeah. We weren't we didn't have to please five people. We only had to please two. So yeah. it was a lot easier. Yeah. Um, so that was a really fantastic part. Um, and then um, could I share a few pictures from Edinburgh with you of, oh, yeah. about Greyfriars, the area that had inspired, mm-hmm. you know, JK Rowling. And um, I thought it might be kind of neat to share a few other stories from that if I could. So um, just go ahead and share my screen here. Um, now let's see here. Um, so Greyfriars is, is a church. It has a burial site and, um, there is actually a character, a real life dog who is really well known from that area called (laughs) Greyfriars Bobby. And he was famous, um, throughout this, 
neighborhood, uh, there was actually a, a movie, maybe even several movies made about him because <laughs> he would come every day after his owner passed away and, and stay by the grave uh, for a certain amount of time. And then would go along and, and kind of visit all the local shops and people would give him like, scraps of food mm. or had a little place mm. for him to sit. And mm. he was beloved so much so that after he passed, they uh, remembered him by oh. making a statue. And there's another statue of him along the street. And there's this tradition people have of rubbing the nose of the statue for good mm -hmm. luck. Mm -hmm. And so the mm -hmm. whole statue looks this bronze color, except for the mm -hmm. nose, which is like, yes. like shiny because it's been rubbed so much. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But anyway, um, this region, Greyfriars, is um, around this church in the neighborhoods around it have cafes. And um, they're J.K. Rowling had written um, some of the Harry Potter books in them. And so um, there were some shops, of course, dedicated mm. to that. And I don't know if you can see in some of these pictures, the wands yeah, uh, and some of the Harry Potter paraphernalia, mm. like um, this is from one of the movies, um, the book, the, the monster. Oh, book. Yes. Uh, and so in the, in the movies, you know, it, it kind of, the book Chomps, itself is yeah. like a monster. Uh -huh, uh -huh, <laughs> so uh -huh. It's kind of fun to see that book. Um, covered with hair with little fangs popping out. And then the ceiling had this giant creature, you know, part of it. Oh, yeah. out. So, you know, there were some things that were, it kind of reminded me of Harry Potter world at Universal Studios, you know, some things mm -hmm. like that. But then we went in and after we saw that, we went up to the Royal Mile, which is this area that stretches from lower in the city all the way up to the castle and mm -hmm. Borough Castle. And there are a lot of interesting businesses and shops along the way, but there's this beautiful cathedral, St. Giles Cathedral. Oh, wow. And I just wanted to share that with you because we went in two times and we, each time we were so struck with a sense of awe and of beauty that we would remain in there and just sit in there, oh, um, yeah. you know, oh, wow. for like um, sometimes um, like a half an hour uh, oh. or more. So this is the outside of St. Giles. And as you go in, you know, you see these um, beautiful, the beautiful yeah. um, oh, wow. work around the entryway there, the intricate carving of that stone entryway. And then you go in and then there's so much going on. Like you have the stained mm -hmm. glass windows, but then the ceiling has this beautiful yeah. blue with this very geometrically wow. designed shape to it. Um, and as you walk along, there are, there are tapestries. There were these um, beautiful tapestries that were green, this really nice green mm -hmm. color. And I'll sh show those to you in just a moment. Um, and then there were a variety of different art styles with the stained glass windows, which we thought was interesting. Mm. It wasn't uniform. Mm -hmm. It was just mm -hmm. maybe from the different eras that they had been updated. But yeah. um, uh, so this was one of our favorites. Um, so you see the two green tapestries to the right and left. Oh, yeah. And then as you zoom in on the picture, um, it might be a little hard to see, but it's the story of Jesus calming the storm. Yeah. The top part of the panel, you see him raising his arm. And then the bottom panel is the calm water. And right. so we just really enjoyed looking at that one in particular. And the art style is a little bit more of a modern art style for right. that one, which is, which is so uh, interesting. Um, so we really appreciated that. Um, and then I wanted to show you, um, if, if I can, some things with the ceiling. Um, mm. uh, so I just think that is so fascinating that the, the, the blue and the white um, beams and those like gold accents oh, yeah. ceiling. Um, so just kind of, you know, the space was just very beautiful. And so we, we sat and enjoyed it and it was also quiet and 
and prayerful. And interestingly enough, each, each of the churches that we went in had a way to support the church with a credit card tap. Like you could just take your credit card over to this little really? terminal and tap it and it would give like a $6 donation or something. Wow. Like that. So, so that wow. was kind of neat um, just as a way to, um, to do that. So, yeah, so that was another highlight of the time at Edinburgh and, and it plays into that theme of, of history, you know, that rich history mm. of the place. Mm. Um, so, and then I had mentioned JK Rowling's handprints. So, mm-hmm. you know, um, there they are. It kind of reminded me of, um, in Hollywood, you know, like yeah, the, the yeah. stars, you know, the right, 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 right. stars, how they, how they have their, um, Hollywood mm-hmm. star. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, so those were two really interesting things. And then, um, we really liked this one garden that was, um, near there, St. Anne's or the princess street garden, excuse me. And they had this floral clock. And oh, one wow. morning we came and there was a, a man who was um, trimming um, the little <laughs> tiny petals of the flowers around some of the, le- the, oh, wow. flowers the, he had a ladder and it was extending over it. And he was laying on the ladder, reaching down, trimming. Oh, and it was just oh. amazing to see him work wow. how much that goes into that. But it was supposedly um, one of the world's oldest floral clocks. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, concept. So um, maybe just one final thing I, I would show is um, inside the uh, Edinburgh castle, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, maybe I should mention this too. Um, when we were in the city, there were, there were a lot of people, what they call busking, which is performing oh, yeah. on the street with mm-hmm. um, like musical instruments for um, tips and mm-hmm. so um, this is one example of somebody who's busking. He has Whoa. this old traditional Scottish yeah. garbon and he's playing bagpipes, but then there were guitarists and there were mm. um, people playing violin. And so that was kind of interesting to see um, buskers. Are, do you ever see any people busking in Japan? Is that a thing? Or not? They are not necessarily um, there for money, but yeah, okay. around um, the big uh, outside of the big train stations. Okay. Um, yeah, you'll see a, a number of people who are giving, con- you know, like not necessarily concerts, but playing their music, hoping to be, um, you know, recognized for their talents and mm. hoping that someone, you know, they'll draw enough attention that maybe they can parlay that into to something, uh, a bigger step, the next step. And, and it has worked for a few different bands that got their start mm-hmm. that way, just outside the sidewalk, outside of stations. Enough people realize that, yeah, this music's my kind of music. Wow. Um, but yeah, cool. not, yeah, more as a way to, to display their music than to um, try to make a living out of it, just something for them to do. Um, oh, okay. Because um, of their love of music. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I just going to show you, this is the um, Edinburgh Castle. And oh, yeah. I wanted to show you like the outside. So you get the sense of like the majesty, you know, seeing the yeah. stone. Wow. That looks um, very old. And then, Mm-mm-mm. and then we're thinking, okay, what's it going to be like to go in? So here yeah. we are oh, yeah, um, really, getting yeah. closer. How we're going to go in the great hall. It must be this Ooh, yeah. oh, wow, from stone room, yeah. right? <laughs> 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 I mean, that it is a neat hall. I mean, I, I don't mean to, to make it sound uh-huh. like too negative, right. but we just saw right, this right. wood, like it would look like wood paneling and, uh-huh. and, and, and the, that kind of reddish orange color and we're like oh it seemed it just seemed underwhelming <laughs> i know yeah i didn't know that's that's how they decorated all the way back then uh, even yeah but <laughs> anyway um but it was 
um, fascinating to, mm. to do that. And mm-hmm. one nice thing about being up there is you did have a really good view of the city and um, maybe I'll see if I can just do one more picture so you can get um, what it looks like when you're looking out over the city. Um, so yeah, here's a view from the top. So you could look out over and see mm. pretty far. It kind of reminded me of um, the sky tree in Tokyo. <laughs> when you go yeah, up there, you, know, you get this right. yeah. kind of broad view looking around. Um, and then they had a nice a little explanation, like oh, lack sure. of like some of the major buildings in the city you could, mm-hmm, you could look mm-hmm. at. So, yeah. So that, that was that view, you know, that mm-hmm. I talked about, mm-hmm. um, there was another tourist who was like amazed by the view. It was one of these types of sites where you're looking out of the city and mm-hmm. um, it's pretty amazing. So thank you so much for being willing to look at all these oh, yeah. pictures with me, Barney. Um, oh yeah. It's a really delight. Yeah. And hear really all these interesting stories and, um, I, I love the, the comment you shared, um, that, you know, wh- wherever you're traveling near or far, you know, there's something neat to be experienced mm-hmm. by this new place that you go to. Yes. Yeah, wow. All that neat things yeah. that you could share today too was really fulfilling. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I think it's um, interesting when you travel sometimes, obviously it, it exposes you to new things and new ideas and, and it increases your view of the world, but it can also help you appreciate what you ha- already have at home mm-hmm. as well. And mm-hmm. I think the ability to return home after this trip and just, you know, hug our kids and sleep mm-hmm. in our own beds. And, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. it, it was just a good reminder to be grateful to like where we are now mm-hmm. and um, to put that alongside the delight we took in experiencing a new place. And, so um, it does make us want to travel again. I don't think oh, it was as big of an emphasis before this trip. I mean, I had kind of hoped we could go abroad as a couple, mm-hmm. but we hadn't talked about it um, too, too much. But mm-hmm. now that we've taken this trip, we have like some other things lined up that we're like, <laughs> we, we really want to go to France together because mm-hmm. I was a French minor in school and oh, yeah. um, Katie had studied French and I visited there a few times and like would love to sh- to go to oh, a yeah. few specific places with Katie. And so she really likes that idea. So maybe someday we'll mm-hmm. go to France, um, hopefully. And then um, I think she would like to go to Sweden because she's been learning Swedish. Oh, cool. And so, and I'm trying to uh, help her catch a vision for visiting Japan sometime because oh, <laughs> I yes. really want to go back yes. to Japan yes, and yes, yes, visit yes, with yes. you and um, travel around. So, um, but how about for you? Are there, are there um, places that you would like to go with? with Ayako um, internationally or? Yes. Um, you know, I, I have not really been to Europe. Um, I've been to Germany twice, but, um, but that's about it. And it's always been my dream to do um, like agricultural tourism. Um, like when you were mentioning going to France, I'm, I'm hoping planning right now, even that maybe we can have some trip coincide because I would love to stay at and like work at or help out at like, like maybe a cheese, a farm that make cheese or a farm where maybe they pick grapes, something like that. I'd love to, as instead of going into the city, I would love to be able to have that countryside, um, experience and stay like at a farm in some France or Italy or something like that, that, that 
is a dream. And I think that that's something that I think Ayanka would would be able to get behind because she has seen lots of Europe um, just oh. um, through her work. Oh, right, right. And being able to take those kind of flights and, and whatnot. And so I, I'm thinking that's kind of one of those things that maybe we could share together as a, a first for both of us. And um, yeah, I hope that's that's on my list for sure of things to do one trip to take together just just her and I (laughs) yeah oh that's fun that's fun I I like that I hope Mm -hmm. you get to do that for Mm -hmm. sure Mm -hmm. yes um well is there anything else that you'd like to mention before we close this episode um no um shall I bring it to a close for us then please yeah um we are so grateful for um, you coming on this journey with us, all of all of you watching today, um, listening along. And um, if you are a regular uh, listener um, through the podcast, then um, for this is this episode especially, you might want to tune into the YouTube channel um, to see all the amazing, amazing pictures that we got to see. Um, one of my favorite things about travel is, of course, the food, and so getting to see those really makes me think it's time to go somewhere somewhere new for sure to try new foods that just look fantastic and um, we hope that you all are um, looking forward to our next episode because we most certainly are and we will see you all again and um, be with you again next time so for the two world podcast i'm barney and uh, with jacob and we'll see you again and thank you